Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast. On today's episode, we sit down with Gabby Ruffles, the sister of Ryan Ruffles, Corn Fairy Tour player. It was honestly a great chat. Boys love to sit down and sit with her and chat with about the U.S. Women's Am win, her time at USC. I, I mean, she was just very open and, like Parksy kind of alluded to, very disconnected from winning, and just she seems like a force to be. Oh reckoned. man, she's gonna be dangerous. Like I'm just oof, the vibe I got from the pod was like she is so disconnected from the emotional side of golf, and I think that's one of Tiger's best attributes. Like that's just a recipe for success. Absolutely, man. And it was great to have Ray Ruffles and Anna Maria Fernandez. Anna Maria Fernandez. Yes, absolutely. Good to get the whole Ruffles fam on the pod and kind of learn about where Gabby gets different parts of her personality from, right? Like Ray is super chilled, laid back. Anna Marie, definitely a little more organized, getting the things going, reaching out for sponsor exemptions. And it was cool to kind of just see what comes out of those two people. Yeah, you could really see the Aussie in Ray just being like, yeah. Sweet. I'm pretty everything's all good. Like Bastas. Get a good restaurant and a movie or a show and yeah. let's do it. I really enjoyed let's like the the back and forth between Gabby and Dad, Gabby and Mom, and then just like you could tell that there was like that little sense of competitiveness between her and Ryan, and it was just I thought it was hilarious. I think this was an absolutely great chat. She was very open about everything and just great uh there'll be a great future coming up for her. So Hopefully everybody enjoys the interview with her today and we'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers. Here it comes. And welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at Jackson Labs. We are back in the lab after our little gallivanting adventure across British Columbia, but we're back home, ready to do it. We've got a big guest on the show today, but before we get to our guests, let's say hello to the fellas. Parks, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing today? Pretty excited to have another member of the uh, golfing pedigree family. We're so lucky and fortunate to get access to. Had a brother on the show not too long ago, and uh, he's coming off uh, T18 this this week in San Antonio. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, just looking to dive into it with Gabby here. It's going to be a good one. Definitely. Next up, the man in the lab as always, Tombo. What up? Not too much, brother. Yeah, just feel like we crawled out of a little bit of a time loop, even though it was just a one-hour time difference. I know you can relate <laughs> driving all night to get us home safe. Yeah, just... Sunday's a big day always for family day, and it's nice to have the Ruffles fam on the pod with us today. We, You guys had that great one with uh, Ryan the other week, and looking forward to learn a little bit about Gabby and how, yeah, maybe even how tennis and golf, kind of some similarities in competition there. Definitely. And speaking of said guest, we have USC star and 2019 US Women's Amateur Champion, Miss Gabby Ruffles. How are you? Good. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And we got a special guest behind as well. We got Mama Ruffles on as well. well <laughs> not really ready, but I'm here in spirit. <laughs> it's okay. None of us are ever really ready. We just kind of wait and see what happens. Cut the hair off real quick. <laughs> I was going to say, you look camera ready for... Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you look like you're prepared. 
So now that we've had Ryan on, we're having Gabby on, we've had mom on, we're hoping to get dad on to say hi. I'm thinking like Thanksgiving invites coming our way here soon, right? Is that uh, maybe Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner? For sure. Always welcome. <laughs> who's, the, who's the best cook in the family? My mom, for sure. She's the only one that cooks. No, oh. Ryan likes to cook. Oh, yeah. Ryan, Ryan does cook. Ryan but... is actually really good. Which... Is he really? We never yeah. see him that much. so A man of many talents. We yeah. haven't seen him much during COVID is the problem. Right. No kidding. Right. Like many of us, yeah, just... We've been exactly. getting connected Maybe to everyone through a freaking Zoom call lately is how it seems, but yeah. we're slowly coming out of it. So I, I got to ask this question to, to Mama Ruffles real quick here. How do you keep producing these like star children? Like what what is in the water over there? I mean, there's got to be something. <laughs> Some kind of Aussie? recipe here. We got to know. Might be the Aussie water or the water the down Aussie south water. here. Like, I don't know what's yeah. happening I mean, here. The Aussie water is pretty good, actually, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as they wake up enjoying what they're doing, it's really all I've ever wanted from them. And I always, I introduced them to so many sports when they were little. And I really, I was just as shocked as anybody else to see them both playing golf. I didn't expect that. Um, Gabby was playing a lot of tennis at a pretty high, intense level. And up until about 14 and a half, and she was doing very well in Australia and targeted to, you know, keep going and uh, traveling around the world and doing all this stuff that you have to do to prepare to, you know, uh, for later stages. And, you know, it's just funny about life because just one day she's crying on the court and the, oh. and Tennis Australia's telling her just to take a little break and then she never gets back on the court again. I mean, those things you just don't anticipate. And then with Ryan, um, he was good at uh, soccer player and tennis player and, and just top in Southern California. And it was just 10 and under, but he was doing really well with his tennis as well and playing soccer. And then I signed him up for an 11 and under golf tournament and just the camaraderie, the friendships that he made just, in one day mm -hmm. really it just was one day to the next so you just don't plan on these things i don't know if you guys have kids yet it you guys look pretty young but uh, thank you for that baby. very fur nice baby. of you <laughs> fur baby. i always get i always get beat on for being the old guy so thank you appreciate it <laughs> but yeah i mean that's really you, you you just it's an adventure you just don't know with your kids where they're going to end up you know what they're going to be doing i would never have guessed that they both would be playing golf and and trying to achieve the stuff they're trying to do. So, mm -hmm. so was Mama Ruffles an athlete growing up? That's one question I have. Well, I played on the tour for eleven years on mm -hmm. the tennis tour. Yep. And I played for USC, uh, won national championships there. Um, so I, you know, I've been a tennis player all my life. Um, and Ray has too. You know, he played professional tennis, so both of us did. And of course, we were going to introduce our kids to the tennis course you know it's just part of just being outside and mm -hmm. and so yeah so we knew that as far as the discipline the work ethic and all that we try to provide a good learning tool for the kids for that um but we try to stay away too about talking too much about golf um in the house i i try to uh, as much as possible <laughs> you know it's, it's with ryan and gabby they prefer and they'll tell you they'll just say no, no i don't 
and that's perfect. You know, we just try to keep it light and talk about other things. And do we get some competition going on the golf course with the family? Does mom and dad obviously play a little bit of golf? So Gabby, Ryan, is there some? Yeah, uh, pretty good I mean, there's not a competition between me and Ryan, but uh, <laughs> maybe competition between you and dad on the golf course. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Ray's not competitive at all anymore. He's just very nice on the course. He's just worried about his own swing as a, as am I, and uh, yeah. We, that's fun. fantastic. That's too funny. Gabby, what was it like growing up uh, having like those kind of parents that obviously pushed the limits on their sporting career and having that as like an influence for you coming up and starting your career in college and now in the amateur rankings? Yeah, I've always said that I'm so grateful to have parents that know about sport. Um, I mean, I feel like even my mom and my dad, they pushed me from a young age, not in a bad way, but to kind of instill a really good work ethic in me and my brother and that's just kind of come natural to me and my brother which is something that I'm so thankful for because I do see kids out there that don't have kind of the athlete mentality or kind of the same work, work ethic that me and my brother are so used to and I think that can for sure be from our childhood and from being brought up with parents uh, like my mom and dad who knows who know what it takes to get to the highest level in a sport especially tennis um, I feel like one of the toughest sports and I feel like it's been such a huge advantage for me and my brother. Yeah. You can even pick up on some of the little wisdom bits that you'd get from her where it's, yeah, talking about battling on the golf course as a family and she's just, I'm only worried about my swing. That's, that's how you can tell. It's, <laughs> they're very focused on what they need to do. Don't worry too much about others. Let's just do what I need to do out there. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, so why don't you take us all the way back until you know, sort of where you started with tennis and you made that transition over to golf. How did that sort of come to be? I know your mom kind of touched on it, but give us your take on what, what attracted you to golf. I might have to go. I'm sorry. You're I all can right. bring in a bit of math, but I thank you hey. so much. For yeah. Thanks for jumping on. Absolute pleasure meeting we you. Appreciated your nice time. Meet you guys. Good luck. Yeah. Thank take you. care. Bye-bye. Yeah. So I started playing tennis uh, when I was eight, but as my mom said, me and my brother played a whole bunch of different sports growing up, but I started playing pretty competitively when I was eight years old and played for about six years pretty competitively. Um, when I was 13 is when I decided that I really wanted to try and pursue tennis, and I went into um, the National Academy of Australia in Melbourne, and I stopped at my school and started doing homeschooling at the tennis center. and. Um, that year was a pretty tough one for me. I was traveling a lot. I was only 13 years old and I was homeschooling and I kind of invested everything in tennis. And I think that year in particular burned me out. Um, I mean, being so young and being so involved in a sport, I mean, it's not bad, but I think the hours that I was putting in in the gym on the court, um, it could be like six, seven, eight hours a day. Yeah, like a full-time and job. I was just at the tennis center. Like I wasn't doing anything else. It's got to be mentally exhausting at that point. I mean, you got, there's other things you want to do and experience, right? I mean, not just competitive, competitive. Yeah. So I think that that year definitely burned me out. And then at 14, I decided it was enough. Um, I mean, as my mom said, I came home from like a tennis practice one day, like crying. I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I really don't want to do this. And um, they're like, you can take, you know, a week, two weeks off, think about it, see if you want to come back. And then I never did. Um, so 
and then in that time I was going to driving ranges and playing a little bit of golf um, and then loved golf. So something your brother mentions on mentioned on the podcast the other day was the fact that he was kind of hanging out with his friends and you were sort of disconnected from that. And you're like, Hey, wait a minute. Like I'm missing out here. Maybe that played a little bit of a role in the decision to go over to golf. Yeah. So when I was homeschooling, um, you know, I just kind of had a, a few friends, I guess, just kind of the same ones that I saw every day at the tennis center. And it was just my tennis friends. And I saw him having a life while also pursuing his golf. I mean, at that time, he was 15 or 16, and he was a really good amateur. And um, I saw him kind of leading a normal life, which I thought, hey, I mean, if he can do that in golf and still play at a super high level, like I should be able to do that too, kind of have another life besides sport. And I think, yeah, that was definitely a factor that played into me switching. Nice. Very there cool. You if you were to like, yeah, someone else is out there thinking about focusing their time on developing their talent in their sport and they're going to make that switch. Cause that's, that's not a little switch to make going from, yeah, we're going to school to now we're homeschooling and pursuing this full time. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give to someone not to get burnt out if they were in your shoes back then? Well, there are a lot of people that were doing it at the time. So I kind of followed them, but I would for sure, say to someone like that is stay in school. Um, it's so nice to kind of have a life outside of sports and have friends that are not in sport too. So you can talk about different things. And I mean, you can go, you can go shopping, you can go to the mall. I mean, you can take your mind away from sport and just have a different atmosphere. I mean, there, there may even be other athletes at your high school or, you know, just even staying in, staying in school and just have, kind of having a more like Normal. diverse view, I guess. Yeah, getting everything. some more experiences in your life rather yeah. than that one-dimensional like tennis. I yeah. eat, sleep, breathe, and then yeah, probably the other reverse end of it, the the frustration and anxiety that you're like, hey, I'm missing out on life, and then you're like, I'm going to have to take a break, but if I do this now, I'm removing myself from everything that now is in my life, and yet mm-hmm. trying to get those multiple experiences while you're going through it is, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. So what was it like then for you? I mean, you started golf kind of so late then to start pursuing it to the point that you did. And then you got to a point where you're like, okay, well, we have something here. And then for you to get into USC where your mom went and it's like, wow, like what an honor was that? Like, like how, how much joy did you feel when you're like, wow, I achieved this in a different sport than I thought I would be in and to go where you know, your fam- your parents went and it's like, wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I kind of look back on it now and I feel so grateful that I was given this opportunity to come to USC because I feel like it's been the best opportunity ever and it's made me progress as a golfer. But um, even thinking that I played my first ever 18 holes in December of 2014, I didn't even own golf clubs. And then to being recruited in... 2017 by Andrew Gaston, um, which was then I think like the number five school in the nation. Um, I kind of thought it was a joke when she wanted to recruit me. Um, I didn't, I guess she saw some potential in me, which I'm, I owe her to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, even when I came into USC, I was ranked 800 in the world amateur golf ranking. So I guess she saw something in me, which I, I mean, I keep saying, but I, I owe her a lot. Which you're now sitting at 11th, am I right? Yes. So quite the progression in that time. 
Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. I feel like college has really helped me in every aspect, yeah. um, but especially. Tell us about the yeah, practice facility and where you guys are golfing out of at USC and what, how that. Yeah, what that, what that team environment's like for sure. Yeah, touch on that. Yeah, so we have three courses. Our main course is Rolling Hills Country Club. Um, we all have memberships there, which is really nice. That was just added last year. So that's a huge bonus. We can all go out there and practice with each other. And um, we also play at Palace Verdes Golf Club and Trump National Golf Club. So they're all about half an hour away from campus. So it's not, I mean, it's not easy to get there. Um, but we have practice in the morning every day to kind of avoid the LA traffic. So we have to get to practice at like seven in the morning, 645. And then we, we play a lot. We usually play 18 holes, maybe like three, four times a week, which I think is really good. I really enjoy playing and competing rather than sitting on the range or um, just practicing chipping or putting or anything like that. So we do get out and play a lot at those courses. And um, we also have simulators on campus that we use. Which sims are um, you guys using? Sorry? What simulator models are you guys using do you have any idea about that or is that too nerdy or you, you don't have to answer that question if you don't want to i'm not sure i know yeah it's That's not a good okay. one Ask me golf simulators i don't know yeah next time you're there you can take a look and send us a picture yeah <laughs> for sure and how is like the coaching then uh is it still justin silverstein is your coach there? yeah justin, justin's our head coach mm -hmm. yeah and how's that working then because i mean for us, for example, we were just out in Victoria. We saw uh, Robert Ratcliffe, who is the coach of the Canadian Juniors national team. And we kind of watched how he approached his coaching methods. What are some that he uses that really translate well with you? Yeah, so he, is, he loves statistics and he's a big numbers guy. Like he loves to have all our putting stats. Um, I mean, all our like trackman numbers, all of that. And I'm kind of not like that, but I like the way he, he kind of like fits it to each person. I feel like he knows that I'm not very technical. So he'll just give me the information that I need. Mm -hmm. He'll say that, um, your speed wasn't great today. You're hitting putts a little bit too far past, like just try and work on that tomorrow. Or with my trackman, you're hitting it a little bit, um, inside the out path. Just try and work on that. Whereas with other girls, he'll kind of fit it to them and be like, you're this much degrees open or um, with putting stats, he'll show like the um, putts per green or stro strokes game putting or something like mm -hmm. that. But he fits it to each person, which I think is really great. And he knows, yeah, he knows to kind of stay away from um, technical stuff with me, but um, he's great. And he's places a huge emphasis on playing rather than practicing, which I also like. Mm -hmm. So, Would you consider yourself a, like a field player or obviously you're not a super tinkerer, but does some of that stuff as far as mechanics really play into how you, you know, work on your game on the range and stuff? Yeah, I'd say for sure I'm a field player. And I think that comes from my little experience in golf and also my tennis background um, that I just kind of in tennis, you're not really thinking about your strokes or mm -hmm. whatever like that. So I never had that kind of technical mentality coming into golf. Um, but I'd say that even my coach, like they know that I don't want to be super technical and I don't want to, I never think, I never have a swing thought when I go out and play golf. I just kind of go out and, you know, try and get the ball as close to the hole as and I can. And execute. Just <laughs> sort of reactionary yeah. measure 
person. Yeah, I guess like, that's a tennis thing, right? I mean, eye hand coordination, you're reacting to the ball coming at you instead of thinking about, hey, sure. I need to move the racket to touch the ball to hit it over the net. So yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Sure. Maybe that's the key to being a good player is less than <laughs> Mm. Everyone's different, especially on the greens, Parksy. You got to believe. I saw you dropping bombs, Parksy. He battles with his putter, but I watched oh. him play a lot of golf over the last. I don't week even want to. And... I don't even want to get into that with Gabby. She doesn't need to know any of that stuff. <laughs> I can get into it really quickly with you, Gabby. Um, <laughs> it's actually dumb. awesome. Like speaking of, it would be good for you to talk to him about this, about reactionary type things. I watched uh, all of us actually watch Parksy stand over a putt, no more than ten feet. Puts his hands on the putter. Normal grip, kind of stands there, starts to giggle, changes it to the claw, hits it four feet short, and it's like, that was a dead flat putt, 10 feet, and you got rattled that much that you couldn't even, like, reactionary might be the key. He's fishing for a putting tip, so give us a putting <laughs> tip. You're a pretty stellar putter. Give us something here before we move on. A lot of people ask for putting tips and stuff, but I, I honestly, like, I don't really think about much. I just... Do try and get the ball like i try and think how am i going to get the ball in the hole that's the key. Um, there's the key that's parks really the I, that's all i think about i try and get the slope the speed whatever but i don't and really i have algebra it. going on in my head when i have a putter in my <laughs> there's some kind of disconnect there i don't know what's going on e equals mc squared he's trying <laughs> yeah, out there trying to solve relativity <laughs> theories here i don't know Let's get away from my terrible putting and talk about something more exciting. Let's talk about the 2019 U.S. Women's Amateur Championship. Give us a little bit of rundown leading up to that. How did you prepare? What was your thought process? Don't talk about your putting. Um, so first of all, I was a qualifier into the U.S. Women's Am. So going into it, I mean, I had heard all the hype of USGA events and I had played the uh, U.S. Junior and the U.S. Women's Open actually that year. But I really wanted to play in the U.S. Amateur, and um, I had to qualify at a site like an hour away from my house, and I was super nervous for that qualifier. And I actually got in um, in a sudden-death playoff in the qualifier. So How many spots were you buying for? Um, it was four girls for three spots in the playoffs. Four so, I mean, three, that's huge. Oh, that's huge. That's good. I don't want to be yeah. the only one eliminated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I made a par on that one hole, but it was probably one of the most nerve wracking experiences ever because I wanted it so bad. And I was so happy just to get into the tournament. Um, Take us through that playoff. Like, yeah, what was it like when you found out you were in a playoff and then that walk over to the tee box and just all the way down the hole? If you, I'm sure you probably remember it. Yeah. Well, I shot one over in the, um, in the round and then I came I didn't think I didn't think I got in I, I wasn't too happy with my round I think I had like two bogeys one birdie maybe it wasn't great um and then obviously everyone's like huddling around the scoreboard watching everyone come in watching all the scores go up and um I kind of I kind of thought maybe I would get in but maybe I was trying to get my mind prepared for a playoff you know um, and then, so she said we were in a playoff and I'm like, okay, and my dad was already in the car. So I'm like, dad, got to come back out here. Ray mailed it in on you. What a guy. Terrible. Yeah. He's super chilled out. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm like, dad, you got to come back out here. Um, so yeah, I mean, they just brought us all out there and then I hit my drive pretty good. And then my second shot, I was pretty confident cause I was, I just had a pitching wedge in and the other girl, there were two girls that were in trouble, like way left in the rough. 
Um, so you're like, okay, if I just hit the middle-ish yeah, closer right? to the pin, these yeah. make these girls work for it. One of them's going to crack. Yeah, that was my mindset. But no, I ducked my pitching wedge into the front bunker, which is the worst spot to hit it on that hole. And I'm like, and then I was panicking. I'm like, wow, why did you just do that? Um, but then my bunker shot, I hit it to like a foot. So that was that was good. Oh, no really big deal. Good it's always good nice four. when you bail yourself out of trouble. Yeah, so then I made par. And then as soon as I made par, two other girls were in trouble. So um, Bogey ended up getting in. So Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Very good. And then Ray, Ray got back to his Starbucks in the car that was getting cold because you dragged him out, right, for the playoffs? Yeah, so. I mean, we stopped at Starbucks on the way back, so he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> How did that there help you with your confidence moving forward into the actual tournament? Were you like, yeah, I'm pumped up. I just, like, that was the most pressury situation I could have faced, and I came through it all right. For sure. That was definitely gave me a lot of confidence that in moments where I'm nervous and where there's a lot of pressure and where I want something that I could pull through, especially with that bunker shot when I was just, I mean, all I wanted was to get it close to the hole and I was able to do that. Um, it definitely gave me a lot of confidence for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just kind of storing it in the memory bank too, even probably helped me coming down the stretch at the USAM. Yeah. Does it matter at that point where it's like, okay, I'm in, I got in the qualifier. Like this is really my goal. I'm not even thinking about winning the tournament. So I'm just like free rolling now. I'm just going out low stress, no fear. Just going to play. In the USAM, you mean? Yeah. Sorry. USAM. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. That's where I was kind of going with it is that I was just happy to be at the USAM. It was my first ever USAM and I had heard all the hype and everything. And I was just happy to be there. I mean, I did have a pretty good summer leading up to the USAM. I won the North-South, which was kind of, it was pretty similar format to USAM. So it was two rounds of stroke play and then six or something rounds of match play. So that was a pretty good lead up. And then I also played the Canadian, came like top 20. So I had some pretty solid results under my belt. And I mean, I, I was, I mean, I wasn't too confident, but I was okay. Like I thought that I could compete. Like those results showed me that I could compete um, pretty well if I if I played my best. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's you awesome. now we're in the USM and like, was there anything about that old Waverly Golf Club that like fit your eye? Did you feel comfortable there, or was it just like a good day of grinding? Lots of trees. Yeah, there were lots of trees. The rough was pretty thick. Um, I had just played at Pinehurst for the North and South. And the grass was kind of similar to Pinehurst. Um, I don't think there was anything that really, like, really suited my eye. And I was like, hey, this is the course where I'm going to win. I never thought about that. But, um, I mean, I, th I just remember from the week, like, I was just super happy. I was just super calm, relaxed, and happy. And we were staying with a super nice host family in Mississippi. Um, and, and they were great. And I knew that if I won or lost, like, I'd be able to go back to like a super nice house, super nice family. And, um, the golf course was super nice and everything. I mean, USGA events, the hospitality is amazing. So I never really thought about the result throughout the whole thing. I just kind of kept progressing. Okay. Um, next I want to talk about the final round, the final few holes, the closing stretch. What was that like? What kind of experience you kind of know it's on the line, the match is going well. Talk us through a little bit of the finish. Yeah, so I was pretty, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty tired going into the final. And then I heard it was 36 holes and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, it was really hot in Mississippi. 
And I think leading up to the final, I'd already played like nine rounds at that golf course or something. So I was pretty tired, but I'm like, come on, you're not going to get this opportunity all the time. Um, you know, push yourself a little bit here today. And then, um, you know, if you pull through, you won't regret it. But um, anyway, it, I knew it was going to be a super tough match. I was playing against Albane. Um, I know her pretty well. She plays at Stanford. She did play at Stanford. So we had played a lot of golf together. And I knew that um, she was one of the top amateurs in the world. I think she was ranked like number three or number four at the time. So, I mean, in a sense, it took a little bit of pressure off me because I knew that, I mean, she's a great player. And I knew that I was the underdog in that final. Um, but through 18 holes, we were all square. It was like an up and down match. At one point, she was three up. At one point, I was three up. And then we got it back. And then towards the last 18, it was pretty level. It was just one up, square, one down, square. Um, and then we got to the final five holes so on 14 I was one down and that's when I was like okay all right final five holes like you gotta you gotta you gotta find something you gotta pull through here and on 15 I hit one of the best four irons I've ever hit in my life um to get to the green and two so I made birdie there to have it all square going to the last three so that was huge um on 16 we both kind of messed up as it's a hard hole. We both messed up. Um, we both made bogey. So it was all square going down to the last two holes. And then 17 is a suit. It's pretty long par three water, uh, water on the left pin was tucked left too. So if you pull it, you're in the water. Um, but I thought like, if you're going to win this, like you have to do something special here. And um, I was super nervous, probably the most uncomfortable nervous I've ever been in my life. And I mean, I just thought like you have to turn something on. And I think that was one of the best six irons I've ever hit in my life. I hit it to like 10 feet and then made the putt for birdie to have a one up lead going down the last. Um, so that was huge. I mean, just all that adrenaline from that hole kind of took me uh, to 18 and I hit a good tee shot. I knew I had to get the tee shot on grass because there was water all left bunkers right and out of bounds right so I was just like okay three wood just get this on grass and I was able to do that and then my shot I hit my I went first I hit my shot to like 20 15 feet so I was like okay I've got this like I only need to make par and then she stuffs it in there to like three feet and I'm like oh my gosh really oh, wow. really really um so then I was like, okay, well, you can finish it now if you hold this putt. Like, that's all you need to do is hold this putt. And it was like a downhill, right to left, super fast. Um, I didn't think I made it, to be honest. Everyone's like, did you think you made it when you hit it? And I'm like, no, not at all. But it's just kind of like fate. Like, the ball just, I just always remember it, just dripping down and just straight into the hole. And I was so shocked, like, when I won. Like, you look so shocked. And I'm like, I didn't even know what to say. Like it was because <laughs> I am surreal feeling. I won, I think I made it. I think. Yeah, it was such a surreal feeling, and just kind of the pressure from the whole week. It was just like, okay, like it's done, it's over. Now I can breathe. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely an experience that I'll never forget. That's unbelievable. That's so cool to like actually get to experience something like that. I mean, that's usually something that you might experience later in your college career. You did it quite early. And I mean, there's just so much future, like great things in your future coming up here that you must be so excited for. I mean, to come back to school and to see your coach and see your teammates and it's like, oh, 
wow, like yeah. we did it. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> my coach didn't leave for that final uh, four holes. He had to go. He had to catch a flight. No way. Um, oh, yeah. Man. So I had to get someone else on my bag um, for the final four holes. That was, that was a whole thing in itself. But, no kidding. You know, just seeing him back on campus and everything and being like, hey, we did it. How often do you get That's to rub that in Ryan's face? Like, do you throw that at him every once in a while? Like, hey, you know, I'll go first because I'm the U.S. Women's Am champ. I mean, <laughs> I try, but he he never takes it. He'll never let me get into his head. <laughs> he seems pretty even. Keeled. He's the cook in the family, so he's he's used to putting the apron on, getting in the kitchen, I guess, right? <laughs> I know. I, I try and hold it against him, but he just he won't he won't take it. Got he's it. Got cool. it. I keep trying. As cool as a cucumber. So with the sort of the accolades, the media attention, all that kind of stuff, two questions, I guess. How are you finding this newfound sort of fame? And what are you looking forward to with this LPGA schedule and the exemptions you're going to receive? Yeah. So to be honest, I kind of struggled with it when I came back to school um, last fall. So I was, there was like a preseason ranking or something. And I was like preseason, like number two or something. I was like, Whoa, wait. And then I was like, is it like really this easy? Like, do I just like have this high ranking and then go out and play well? And like, is it really this easy? And I kind of had a letdown, um, in my fall season. Uh, I didn't play that well at all. I didn't have many rounds under par. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of just had a letdown. I think I wasn't used to it. I wasn't, especially in golf, like I'm still pretty new to it. And then suddenly I'm like, I don't know. Like the best, the worst, the best, the worst. Yeah. Expecting a lot from me or even myself. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself mostly. And I expected a lot out of myself and I let myself down, but, um, I was starting to get it back in the spring, which was nice. Um, I knew that I just had to do the same thing that I was doing to, you know, in the summer to help me play well. And that switch kind of happened. And, um, I've been playing well this year, so that's nice. But, um, yeah, so as far as the starts, it's been kind of a weird year. But um, I did have four out of the five majors um, to get a start in. But, unfortunately, Avion was canceled, so I won't get to play that. Maybe next year. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, I still haven't played in any of the starts that I've gotten yet. Um, but British Open should be next. I'm hoping to play that. And then the ANA um, in September, and then U.S. Women's Open in December. So I can't wait to play those. Yeah, I was going to say because the British Open, I don't, I don't think that they're going to go ahead with that this year. I don't think any British Open is going. But it hasn't, it hasn't been canceled did yet. They, did they? Oh, it hasn't. I don't no, think the US, news. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is still going. U.S. On. Open's so going. What happens with the ones that do get canceled? Are you going to get an exemption into the 2021? Is that Avion? what they're doing for you guys? Avion, yeah, Avion France. and say if they cancel any of the other ones. I mean, I'm trying. We we sent a letter to the USGA and the, I guess, the uh, managers of Avion or whatever to see if I could possibly get that, but they're trying to work on it at the moment. I mean, I'd love to have that opportunity, but if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. That'd be Sorry. a great trip. What else? What other kind of sponsors exemptions are getting thrown at you? I guess I'm just selfishly asking because there's an event in Canada. So it'd be fun to either come watch you heckle you or carry your bag. One of the three. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but I am, I did get a lot of sponsor exemptions um, last year. Um, I played in Japan. That was pretty cool. That was a cool experience to kind of play in Asia, which I hadn't done a lot before. 
Um, I'm trying to get an exemption into the Scottish at the moment to have like a little lead up into the British. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it, I guess it's just been a lot easier to try and get sponsor exemptions now that like I kind of have, um, you know, something behind me that I can ask for it. You got some street cred now, girl. You're not yeah, 800 anymore. It's so. different. It's different. I'm still getting used to it. But um, Absolutely. yeah, so even even entering into Jacksonville AM, I was like, hey, maybe I can try and... And they were like, yeah, I mean, it's a cool story. So why not? Mm-hmm. So is, yeah, like hunting down sponsor exemptions, basically a lot of phone calls and emails trying to the piece to the people and say, hey, give me an opportunity. I'm working hard here and doing some things. I think it'd be good for you to have me there or like, yeah, what's that process like? Yeah, it's definitely outside of my comfort zone, but fortunately my mom is very good at all that stuff. Um, nice. Perfect. Yeah. Mama, Mama Ruffles. Parksy's yeah. like our Mama Ruffles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need a couple emails sent? Parksy's got that for you. <laughs> yeah, so she's been good about like getting all the contact information and awesome. kind of helping me write it and all that. Mm-hmm. It's been good. Maybe she can help. When the borders open up uh, back down in Oz, are you ever going to try and plan to play some events down there? Yes, for sure. I'm hoping to get out there in January and play the Vic Open and the Australian Open. Awesome. Yeah. And that Vic Open, that's the that's the split event where they have males and females playing? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I played it twice before I went to uh, college in the U.S. and it's such a great format. It's such a cool event. Yeah. Great it. Yeah, I want to see more of that. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I think it'd be. I don't think the men like it as much as the women, but um, it's really cool because they have like split tea time. So it's like a men's group goes, and then a women's group, and then a men's group. And um, I mean, I'm used to that. I feel like I'm used to that in tennis, where at the majors, everyone's playing together. You know, one court will be Roger Federer, and then next is like Serena Williams, and it's just. I mean. Mm-hmm both genders are playing together and it's, it's nothing. So I think it's just good for the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, super good. Just, right. Super good. Get, get people seeing both sides. Yeah. That's what they need to be seeing. It's really, I yeah. mean, if you're sitting on the ninth green or the 18th hole, you're watching a men's group come in and then a women's group and men, I mean, it's, yeah. it's something, it's something else. It's really cool. And everybody wins too, right? Like if you're there with your family going to watch golf and then, yeah, your son gets to watch Ryan Ruffles come rolling through and then your daughter's like, oh, there's Gabby Ruffles, right? And like, oh, she's, like she's way better. Too. <laughs> she's way better. Don't tell him that. <laughs> no, we gave, we gave him the ribs about it the other day. We're like, okay, we got to know. We know Gabby's probably the better player. He's like, nah, 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 let's not go there. Can yeah. we get Ray on for a, for a high and get some uh, get some input from him? Is your dad kicking around close? Yes, I will try and get him. Sure, yeah, no worries. No pressure if he's if he's doing stuff. I'll be back. I don't know what he's doing, but I'll try and get him. Sure, no worries. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. We got him. All right. We won't take too much time. We just want to say hi to him. Mm -hmm. There he is. Welcome to the 4Jack podcast, Mr. Ruffles. Thank you. (laughs) Pleasure to have you on. Yeah, really nice to have you on. Congratulations on a stellar tennis career, and uh, you've done well creating some interesting golf pedigree, a little crossover from tennis. 
we want to know who is the most competitive in the family right now. We're we're hearing that you're a bit laxed on the golf scene, but is that really true? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I don't know. I've hit enough tennis balls, so I don't play tennis with anymore. And uh, um, yeah, I just like to knock golf balls around without batting them much. And uh, you know, I'm not that good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're alluding to some betting going on there, I hear. Gabby, is this true? Is there a little betting going on? Maybe the brotherly sisterly thing? Uh, brother, brotherly sisterly, but not not with my parents. No. <laughs> I th I think it's better just to go to the club and have, sip on a couple scooies and watch them battle it out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the answer. So, there. so, Team Ruffles, what are we most excited for this year? I know LPGA Tour season's kind of ramping up a little bit. Ray, what are you feeling? Gabby, what are you feeling? Uh, well, I think that Gabby's seems like uh, Anna Maria and Gabby got together and got some interesting schedules for her, and um, she's hanging around hoping she can get in the British Open. And yeah. Ryan seems to be um, gradually getting it going on the Corn Ferry Tour, so it's all it's all pretty hard without you know all the regular things happening, but. I am pretty happy. Both my kids seem to be working pretty hard trying to get better in this time where, you know, there's not a lot going on. Doing exceptionally well, too. What's that? Doing exceptionally well. I know Ryan's always my uh, one of my first picks on the Corn Ferry Tour, so yeah. it's nice to see him pushing through right now. Yeah, well, we had a great nine holes the other day, didn't we? But we've got to get it a bit longer than that. Man, like he's, he's knocking on the door all the time. He's going to get it done. I, You know what? I'm scared for everyone else because he's going to be dangerous when he gets his first W and he sort of, I hate to use the analogy, but he tastes victory, maybe tastes blood a little bit. Like it's going to be bad times for everybody else because he's just going to, I hope he's just going to destroy everybody. It's going to be awesome. I can't tell you how much I hope you're right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then again, I feel bad for everybody that's out on the LPGA tour because when when Gabby gets out there, it's probably going to be worse because she's a way better player. So <laughs> this is very good for a. Don't Saturday tell Ryan that. Well, Don't tell Ryan. That. I'm like, <laughs> 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 um, Ray, how do? You, oh, sorry. Oh. Ray, how have you found over the years with two kids that have been doing or accomplishing so much? Like, how have you found it for like scheduling? I mean, there's just so much going on. I mean, it must have been an absolute nightmare growing up with them. Um, I'm pretty laid back, you know. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's think, what we hear. <laughs> well, I think um, as you're coming up, um, you've got to get a certain degree of independence. I think we succeeded a little bit too well with that with Ryan. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, and, you know, in the, in the end run, it's the person hanging onto the end of a tennis racket or a golf club that's got to do it, and um, and they've had a lot of um, owners put on them to uh, get their behinds moving and get organised for practice and stuff like that. We most certainly haven't been pushy parents. As a matter of fact, I've gone the other way, trying to give their coaches as much leeway as we can, you know, or as they as they wish. So. Um, because I've been on the other side of it where I was a coach uh, tennis and you're trying your best and, and parents seem to be very keen on messing you up. So <laughs> <laughs> we've definitely been the other way. And um, uh, 
No, I think they've both reacted to it pretty well. They're both very good workers and um, they generally see things in a pretty good manner, you know? That's great. Love to hear that. And they do, both your kids do seem extremely independent, to be honest. So you've, you've obviously done something. Yeah, right. a testament <laughs> to what you and uh, Anna Maria have uh, sort of established and, and put the put the process in motion for. So fantastic job. We always like to ask our guests, and, and fortunate we have both of you on, on the call right now. We need one wow factor from both of you, which would be fantastic about how golf has sort of influenced something crazy in your life aside from the obvious winning the u.s women's am but give us give us each your respective story on something awesome that's happened through golf we can include tennis uh, in this answer as well. tennis tennis is and fair you'd see yeah. donnie McEnroe <laughs> having a meltdown and that was something special that'd be fun too oh that's a tough one i don't think there's one thing i think it's just it's unbelievable to kind of stand here today and kind of look back and see my life so far and see that I'm only 20 years old and like all the things that I've been able to do, I guess with tennis, I've been able to travel the world and, you know, go to Europe. And that was all before the age of 14. Um, and I think that like at 14, I was already pretty worldly, which is something that I'm super grateful for. And then, you know, switching, uh, to golf and being able to see a whole different perspective and a whole different view of sport and, um, you know, kind of push myself in a different way to tennis and be able to, you know, have different experiences, meet new people, kind of get closer to my brother and be able to experience what he did. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm sorry about that answer, but I think just kind of, all no, that's, that's good. That's good. The collective experience is what it all adds up to. And it's, yeah, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. It's yeah, I think just all opportunities that I've been able to have, I'm super grateful for. I mean, even USC, getting to live in California, getting to live in Australia for some of my life. Um, I'm just super grateful for, you know, all of that. So I think that's just my thing. But That's awesome. Fair enough. So, what do you got, Ray? What do you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the most amazing thing for me is that uh, like, I'm 74. And um, so we were married late. And... Um, and we didn't rush into things for four years. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you had to make sure she was the uh, right well, one, right? Uh, I mean, I think it's been amazing how well our kids have done. You know, we, we're a sporting family, but we haven't been out pushing and things like that. It's uh, They've done it themselves and they've shown, we've shown them that they need to to. Well, I don't think you could term us as pushy parents, and uh, and they've done it on their own. It's been quite amazing, you know. If I had done it, there was this much good and fun and everything like that. Anna Marie might have got, and I might have got married and started earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty her impressive. That. that you had seventy four, and Gabby's twenty, so that you're you were about fifty four when you had her, and yeah. maybe that has something to do with the mentality. Yeah, you. I'm just going to lead by example, give you the space, tell you, like, kind of show more than just push the kid in that direction, knowing that, like, yeah, maybe through your life's experience, figuring things out for yourself, actually, like, that's the only way to truly believe in what you're doing because you've, you've arrived at that conclusion yourself, right? Yes. I mean, uh, I think that question was for you, wasn't it? That wasn't for me. Huh? 
No, it's kind of just. No, it's a, like, it's pretty generic. Like just to just sort of yeah. recap of what Tom said. I mean, ideally, it's 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 sort of a generic setting where you guys come from this sporting background, competitive sporting background, but it was never sort of relayed or portrayed to the kids like you have to do this, otherwise, you know, the iron fist is going to rule. So oh, it's definitely not. Yeah. That's definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think that it's been really nice because I've been able to have kind of two different views from my parents. So, like, obviously, my dad is pretty relaxed and um laid back and has kind of a different approach to my mom who is uh, <laughs> more, dad's the softy if you want something you go to dad is that how this works for sure, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Love but, it. Um, my mom kind of instilled that work ethic in us i mean sort of my dad but just kind of in a different way i'd say but my mom did a great job with us um at a young age, you know, kind of getting us out there, getting us working. And even if sometimes we didn't want to, but um, it's kind of helped us have the work ethic we have now. So it's been nice to kind of have two parents that have athletic background, but kind of show it in two very different ways. Yeah, that's great. They speak that language, right? And that's important, I think, for, you know, the young player to sort of establish some footing. It's like, you know, they have a little bit of the no, so it's not such a scary environment to be in. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I mean, as I said before, it's been such an advantage for me and my brother to be able to grow up in that environment. Because I know that some people that haven't had the opportunity to have parents um, like that have um, been, I guess, just been brought up different. And yeah, how do you deal with it, right? If you don't have a resource to draw from, like, oh, what do I do now? Right? They're just kind of flailing. So, yeah. And it's cool that in your situation, it's like, okay. Yeah, how would mom handle this versus how would dad handle this? And having both. How do I want to shape this? Do I go to dad? Yeah. Do I go to mom? Am I hitting a cut or a draw here? What's the best play? There you I, go. I get to choose. I mean, I get to choose which approach I guess I want to go to. There you go, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like Option, options is always a good thing. Exactly. so away from golf what does like what does the ruffles family like to do together outside of like maybe going golfing, having an inter-family tennis battle? Like, yeah, what do you guys do? Um, pretty active, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Anna Maria and I like to follow the kids around, watch them play golf. Um, you, you I bet know. you they don't like to follow you around and watch you play golf. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had to throw it out there. Come on. <laughs> um, we like nice restaurants and we like, uh, you know, just uh, in, enjoying ourselves. I enjoy quality time. Yeah, I mean, um, when I was on the circuit and coaching Woodbridge and Woodford, uh, I made them bring on a, a jacket and, um, and it was a nice place. Once a week we used to go out to the best restaurant in town. And, and so to try and get them out of that, you know, tennis court, hotel, gym, tennis, way of living and, and have a bit better view of the whole world and, I enjoyed the meals and the theater and all these other things. <laughs> and, um, and, but I think uh, it's part of their success too. And, the, you know, you can become, go on the tennis circuit like a gym rat and you can travel around the world for many years and never see a thing. Right. And, um, Miss the important things. So uh, I'm very much always trying to encourage them that their life while they're playing this has got to be full outside of it too. And um, while Gabby takes more notice than Ryan, um, 
I, I think it's a good thing for everybody. <laughs> I think that quality time, though, especially now it, where Ryan and Gabby are in their lives, I mean, that must be tough to come across as that good quality time. So that's good that that's something you've always instilled and that you guys continue to move forward with. Yes, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, for sure. I mean, it's sometimes it's hard because we're living right now in California and Ryan's based in Orlando. So we don't get to see him as much as what we would like. Um, but I mean, we try and go to Florida every now and then we were just over there for a month, all, all four of us, which was nice. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, just getting to see him once in a while is nice. <laughs> but I'm saying, exactly. You know, Gabby being at US, USC, um, for me, it's in my view of how to bring along young players in any sport. It's been great, you know, and she was so very fortunate um, to get the scholarship there. And I think it's a, you know, this American college system is a great um, development at an important time in everybody's life. And uh, so, you know, a more rounded person comes out, you know. Um, didn't fight hard enough, right? Uh, <laughs> Ryan wouldn't take any notice about going to college. I wish very much he had it, but uh, it's been a great bonus for Gabby being at USC. Yeah, you good know, experience. Everything's full. She's because you actually end up playing your best and doing when you you're so schedule so busy, um, and you but you're vibrant and you you. Uh, come out and perform very, very well. Absolutely. Well, it definitely teaches you how to manage your priorities as well. Yeah. If you still have exams, you still have a life, you still have to play golf, you've got to, got to practice. I mean, that's a lot on one's plate. Yeah, very good. And um, exactly. And it's, uh, you know, nothing but good comes out of that, I believe. Yeah. Exactly. It just, make, like you said, it, it develops a better person. Yeah. 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 Gabby, for our listeners, how do they get, uh, how do they get access to you? Well, maybe not access to you, but what's the best place for them to follow you? What are your platforms? Oh, um, I'm on Instagram. That's kind of the main one that I use. Um, it's just my name, Gabby, G-A-B-I, Ruffles, R-U-F-F-E-L-S. And then Twitter is the same username. I'm not as active on that one, but um, yeah, Instagram or Twitter. All right, one final question before we wrap this up. And I asked your brother, and I hate to have to ask you this because it's extremely cheesy, but what really ruffles your feathers? <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, you have to. I believe I got that one once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> what really ruffles my feathers? Could be golf sense. Could be anything. Any sense, yeah. Slow play. People that don't use their turn signals. Uh, runny eggs. Runny eggs. Run, I got a turn. Warm water. <laughs> I'd say. Mom giving too many orders. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> no, that's yours. <laughs> he's trying to remind you that he's the good guy here, I think. <laughs> Remember, your mom's hard on you. I love you. Uh, Luckily, she's out of the house. You can get away with that one. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I mean, slow play is a pretty generic one. I really, I think a fast round is a good round, especially when I'm over here or I'm at like country clubs like Alworth or I mean here, I'm able to play in like two hours and I'm used to that and I love that. Oh, oh dreamy. That's amazing. Dreamy. Yeah, love that. so nice. So 
um, fast, uh, I mean, slow play for sure. But even people like people when they complain on the golf course, I, I, I can't deal with that because I'm like, you're out on a golf course. It's such a nice day. Most of the time, mm -hmm. um, you're so lucky to be out here. And I mean, I try and complain as little as I can out on the course. Sometimes I slip a few in, but, um, <laughs> it's not a place for temper tantrums though. Right? Like I get what you're getting at. You're, I feel like you're, when you're out on a golf course, you're just so extremely lucky, lucky and you should be mm -hmm. so grateful. Like the courses that I've been able to play in my life, sometimes I just kind of sit back and I'm like, wow, like this is pretty nice. Um, awesome. So yeah, I'd say that. Good answer. It's a perfect answer. answer. Well, Ruffles family, we don't want to take up too much of your time on a Sunday afternoon. I'm sure it's beautiful there as it is here, but we just want to thank you guys so much for jumping on and having a nice chat with us. And it's nice to know that we've had the full, uh, Ruffles family connection here. And uh, we got to plan something to get down and play some golf together. Yeah, Ray, we need the go invite for, to go for a nice dinner. Here, so. <laughs> it's pretty good for me. <laughs> Ryan and I'll cook. Ryan and I'll cook. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. It's been a real pleasure. All the best this year, Gabby. We look forward to cheering you on. If you make it up to Canada, I'll definitely come out and support. And yeah, we look forward to uh, reconnecting down the road and having you back on the show. Don't forget about us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys so much. It was fun. Awesome. Definitely. Thank you guys. You all guys be safe. Thanks. Right. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll chat with you next week. Cheers.